Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. So glad you're with us. We're brought to you by Bun and Chevrolet. We've got great friends at Bun and Chevrolet, Leo Bunnen and Brian and the whole crew. Uh, Bun and Chevrolet are dear friends of ours. And we're just glad that you're here. Um, and wherever you're joining us around the world, if you're joining us on television here in Santa Barbara, California, where we're sitting, we welcome you. And so many of you are, are joining us at goodlifetelevision.org, at the, the new YouTube uh, channel, which is fantastic. Uh, at both goodlifetelevision.org and the YouTube channel, you can see not only all the long-form interviews, but we also break them up into what we call power clips. So you can always find uh, some of those great moments. And then you know about all the social media platforms, I think. And then lastly, there's a podcast, which we started about a year ago. Uh, and it's really become a great way for some people who are on the treadmill or whatever it is you're doing uh, to be able to listen or in your car. So you're not watching the video in your car, ideally. Uh, so check out the podcast. If you search, you can search under Good Life Conversations is the podcast uh, show. And we'd love it. Uh, we're just so glad you're here. We're talking about the good stuff. Uh, we've had such a wonderful uh, group of friends who've joined us here. Um, special people and interesting stories and overcomers and public servants, young and old. It's been such a wonderful journey for us. So we're just glad you're with us for that. I'm really excited about my guest today. Uh, we've, we've gotten to know this organization a little bit over the last few months uh, and and so we're f so excited finally to have Stacy here. Stacy DeWitt is with me. She's executive director of James Storehouse which you may not have heard of especially if you're not in the Santa Barbara Ventura area or Thousand Oaks or this stretch neck of the woods but we're going to tell you all about it and I, you, you're going to want to hear about it so stay tuned. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So great. We've been tracking uh we talked about before we came on just some of our team has been able to visit you yeah. all down there and kind of see what yeah. is going on and it's really exciting so i want to get to that but just before we do i wanted to just hear a little bit about you um, and kind of your background kind of where you're from how you have spent these recent years i know the really recent years but, <laughs> but tell us just a little bit about you yeah um i'm a mom um, biological mom, adoptive mom, I've been a foster mom. Um, I was a classroom teacher for 10 years and my second language is Spanish. So I usually had that population of students and I just love people. God has just given me this vent towards um, populations that are not necessarily cared for as well. Yeah. And um, it's just a joy to get to serve the Lord in that way. Yeah. Um, I love to be outside, I love to hike. Um, I love children and God has really grown my heart to really like love vulnerable families as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just a joy to get to serve him and love him um, through taking care of others. Yeah. Um, my husband's a pastor and we um, together we pastor a little church in Thousand Oaks actually um, called Conejo Church and um, we get to serve the community in that way. Um, that's just a little bit about me. Love it. Thank you. Love it. Well, I'm a pastor's son and grandson oh. uh, so yeah that's a special work that's very difficult um, yes. it's not the easiest job people think you know he's being a pastor show up and kind of give a good speech on sunday it's like you <laughs> no. have no idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> no idea lots involved um so did you come to faith early in life when did you when did you come to faith yeah i actually um 
prayed with my mom when I was four. That's okay. when I made my decision to follow the Lord. But then I've had times in my life where I've made decisions to really embrace more of what he has for me. Yes. Um, but I've, he just gave me a heart towards him. So I can't claim anything, but I've just yeah. always loved the Lord yeah. um, my whole life. Um, and I've had seasons probably about 15 years ago where I um, got to really experience personally the, the power and the love of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that opened up a new um, season in my life where I feel like now I serve people with um, more love, more kindness. Like I have, when I'm out of my own strength, yeah. I have access, more access to the love of God to serve so other good. people. So yeah, so I've always loved him, always served him. Um, <clears throat> but I've had seasons where um, I would, you know, get tired yeah. Yeah. and I wouldn't feel as close to the Lord, but he'd always bring me back to him and yeah. yeah. So we have some we have kind of similar stories. Uh, I was seven years old on the bunk beds <laughs> I in love terms it. of, you know, inviting Jesus into my heart, probably not understanding the half of 1% of what that yes. was actually going to be. Yes. But, and then I just, you know, had my own journey, but, but it's amazing how there are points, it seems like mm -hmm. in our journey where something goes deeper yes something we are we're taken to a new place yes. i guess and i think this is way off topic but i mean the sometimes i think suffering or difficulty yes. can be the catalyst yes to take us from here to like yeah does that has that been have you do you resonate with that at all it definitely does definitely yeah. does i feel like um hardships and difficulties in my life have allowed me to access the the jewels the treasures that the Bible talks about are available to us, the yes. peace that surpasses understanding. You don't get to experience that unless you need peace that That's surpasses right. understanding. That's right. You know, the, the joy that was set before Jesus on the cross when he had to endure that, yes. like the, the joy that's set before me when something really is hard is happening in my life, like I can access his joy. Yeah. Um, so it is through difficulties, so it is through hardships. Um, that we experience more of who he is, yeah. and then we're able to pass that on. So nothing's wasted. I feel like so the great. Lord recycles everything so that when we're open and, and learning, we can pass that on to somebody else. Yeah, and sometimes that is not understood. This has been like a trick, a challenge for me. Like sometimes I'll talk about an experience I had um, 12, 13 years ago where I really encountered the mercy of God, mm. right? Yeah. And and I've had like Christian friends tell me, well, weren't you a Christian? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was. And then I specialized in making bad decisions <laughs> for, for a period of time. Like I was like good at it, like, really good at making bad decisions. But, but it can be a religious, it's almost like a religious conversation and mm -hmm. not like yes. a spiritual one. like yes like you I mean I, I would say the same thing I've liked God I've loved God mm -hmm. like I can't remember a time in my life when I haven't loved God you know yeah. like that's always been true mm -hmm. and I went from here to like that night in the cabin that I had 12 years ago oh. took me to a place that I never would have gone Yes. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Follow you. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. I'm not just talking to myself. No. I'm glad you're, I can tell you understand. So that's why I'm sharing it. Yes. But, but it's, it's those a, hardships. It's sometimes it's that waiting on the Lord um, 
where he is he loves to show up in power he loves to show up in grace in mercy yeah um but unless we are willing willing yes. to take those those journeys with him yeah. um if we say yes and go all the way he's so faithful yeah that's so good and that's such a hopeful thing mm -hmm. isn't it yes hope is really the, a driving yes. force yeah. for us forward yes the future yes you know? that is my anchor verse at james storehouse believe it or not we had an artist um draw it out and it says hope is an anchor for the soul firm and secure uh, and that's what i base my whole life on and but the part of that verse that i love and a lot of people forget the second part of that is um hope is an anchor for the soul firm and secure and it's tied to the throne room of god so it's not you're just loosely anchored to him you're tied to jesus and and there is no better safety there is no better security uh, it's just this assured hope not the worldly hope but the assured hope that jesus is all he says he is that is so good and what a message for the people you're serving hope yeah. one of the things i've found working with you know marginalized or people in tough spots or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. this these friends mm -hmm. hope is missing yes yes isn't that a common denominator yes absolutely what's interesting is is i kind of wanted to know the science behind that i'm like a nerd in that way so we actually did um, a study of all the clients that came into james storehouse for a year all of our shoppers um we had about sixteen thousand appointments and we gave them um, a survey. So how did they feel when they came in? Um, what was their experience like? How are they leaving? What is their hope like? Do they have hope? And 98% of people felt an increase in hope that they could do the hard thing that they're called to, either taking a child in need, or um, if they're transitional youth, they have hope for the future. They, they're leaving with hope. Isn't that amazing? Yes, and it's because we meet their we meet their physical immediate needs yeah. and then we provide restorative relationship through classes and ongoing programs. So it's that hope is a gift. It it's really is an anchor. so powerful. Mm -hmm. And in yes. thinking about hope, like some, one time somebody asked me, like, what do you mean by hope? Like one of the things that crystallizes for me, so real quick story. So in Dallas, we, I started a Christmas, I had a Christmas party that I started in our home. Mm. And then we would invite friends from these apartment complexes where we were working, right? Who had never been anything like this. But it wasn't about the party. Yes. I, I discovered this. Yes. It was about the buildup. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we so we started inviting people three months ahead of time. Four like I'm like the longer ahead of time we invite them, the better. Because it changes those months because they're looking forward to That's something. That's so amazing. Yes. And I was like, I never thought of this. Like Yes. We get invited to something and we're like, okay, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But we don't spend, like, it's not like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. But for these friends, it was like they were talking about it with me every week or every time I saw them. Oh, Mr. Dean, I can't wait for that. You know, it, and I was realizing we're not just changing them that night, like that, which is great. It's actually more important what's happening these yes. three months because they're something to look forward to. Yes. But anyway, hope. It is that hope. It it's is. So good. 
And we experience the same thing with our youth where we can say like, what are your goals and dreams? And like, let's set that out ahead of us. And like, what do we need to do to get there? It is that hope that's so motivating and so yes. healing. And there's so much healing and celebration. Yes. I feel like the yes. fact that your friends got to come to that party and there's that celebration and that excitement. We do the same thing at James Storehouse as we celebrate any chance we can I with whatever's that. happening. We have I like baby that. showers and car presentations and adoption parties and there's just so much healing and a lot of our population of youth and families have never had a birthday party have never celebrated anything and we have the joy to do that with them and they're worthy of celebration they're important they're loved and so like so there's so much healing that happens in just like celebrating or looking forward to a celebration yes the stuff that we would take for granted yes yeah i love celebrating and I'm Irish, you know, kind of, so <laughs> which was part so of my I. problem. But anyway, um, but, you know, like celebrating because it's Wednesday. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't know. What, 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 since when do we have to have a reason? Yeah, you know? right? <laughs> I mean, we're alive. Right. It's, God is good. Um, okay. Should I get to my questions? Sure, let's do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice um, to talk to you. Yeah. So talk about this experience in 2013 you had with this this three-year-old child I, I i was reading about that and i thought what a, these speaking of moments that was a moment in time for you yes talk definitely. about that so it was a normal uh weekday and i happened to be at home that day and i got a call from a police officer i usually don't pick up the phone if it's just a random number but i just picked up the phone as a police officer and he said please come to the palm garden hotel in newbury park and <clears throat> would you be willing to pick up this three-year-old so I said, of course. I dropped everything, um, drove over there. I had a car seat already because my daughter at the time was in a car seat and drove under the carport and the police officer was just standing there with her and she had on a wet diaper and had an empty sippy cup and a cute little ponytail on top of her head, but that was it. She had no belongings, no clothing, nothing at all. And so um, I wrapped her up in a blanket and put her in the car seat and brought her home and you know began to play with her and and have her acclimated to our home but then I needed to make a plan because I didn't have any diapers and so or clothes or anything so I called my sister-in-law and I called our neighbors ran to Target to pick up everything we needed and it was in that process of receiving a child in crisis with no belongings that we learned about the child welfare system and that there are many, many families who would say yes to a child in crisis or a family in crisis if they had a little help. Mm. And so my husband and I just began to pray and ask the Lord, what can we do about this? What do you want to do about this? What do you want us to do about this? And so I'm a doer, so I'm calling every foster care agency, every volunteer opportunity to say like, I'm gonna do this. I heard my shepherd's voice and he said, let's do this foster care thing. And no one called me back, no one e emailed me back, <laughs> but it's now that I look back and I see that he was calling us to do something new that had never been done in our community before. But at the time I was like, where are you God? Yeah. I know what you asked me to do. Like we, we could do something about this. And so what we decided, it wasn't smart, it wasn't wise to just push and make something happen. We wanted to wait on the Lord. And so a group of friends and I 
we went to a coffee shop every Tuesday. So we fasted for half a day till lunchtime and we prayed every Tuesday and we asked the Lord, what is it that you want us to do? We know that here's this crisis um, and what, what could we do? And we know it breaks your heart. You love, you're the father to the fatherless. What can yeah. we do about it? And wouldn't you know, after receiving this little girl and finding out about the child welfare system and that other families would say yes, um, we had the idea in prayer um, over like a nine month period, why don't we have a warehouse? What if we had a warehouse? And there are so many nice things in the community that people have. What if we had a way for them to donate those items? Because kids grow so fast, the, the tags are still on the clothes, um, they outgrow their baby gear. What if we had a warehouse where they, they, they donated the items and then the families in crisis or the families taking in kids in crisis could receive the items? Um, because we found out that in the child welfare system, there's a gap. So what happens is if a child is removed because of abuse or neglect, they, you would think they'd automatically go to a safe place, but they have to stay with their social worker. And if there isn't a home available, they either have to go to a shelter or they have to stay with the social worker and either sleep in a hotel or sleep in their office and increases the trauma, the PTSD that the child or children are, are experiencing. So we thought we could expedite their safe placement into a safe and loving home if we get those items into the homes of the people. Mm. So we thought, okay, so in our warehouse, what if we have donated beds and car seats and cribs so that the children don't have to suffer, they can go right away to a safe and loving home. Mm. Either it's a relative, a neighbor, a foster home. And so that's exactly what we're doing. We brought that idea to our little church of 80 people. <laughs> and we said, God is calling us to, um, to open up a warehouse. Like, I've never heard of this before, but this is what the Lord is saying. And so everybody was on board. And so our 80 people in our little church that we love so much, we were able to raise $100,000 in nine months. Oh my gosh. Through all kinds of incredible ways. Like one example of a great story yeah. is um, there was a teen, named, his name is Joseph, and he was a manager at one of the fast food restaurants um, nearby. And he saved his tips, his cash tips, for all those nine months. And then he brought the stack of cash tips to the altar one Sunday when we were taking, um, taking in the tithes. And it's those stories of faith that like the youth were, were into this, the adults, the little kids, everybody saved what they could and sacrificed in order to open up this warehouse so we can care for vulnerable children. And it was wow. such a boost in faith to see the miracles happen, all kinds of crazy, weird things, rebates coming in, just like, it was just like, so the Lord's hand. Wow. Um, and so then after that nine month period, we were able to open up our first brick and mortar James storehouse. And we started from there. And we've been, um, last year alone in 22, we had uh, over 16,000 appointments, plus an additional five, 5,500 people that we helped through our food pantry, remote, remote food pantry. So it's been just like a thrill. Unbelievable. That's ten, nine years ago. Yes, about 10 years ago. Yes, nine, 10 wow. years ago. So how do people find you? Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah good question. So we have been doing um, this work for a while now. So we have um, connections and um, 
um, a memorandum of understanding with Ventura County, Los Angeles County as well. So the social workers send in a referral. Okay. So they are boots on the ground. They're with the youth, the families, the children in crisis, our most vulnerable populations in our communities. They send in a referral for what's needed. So they can come in, they can shop for what they need, or the social workers can pick it up. Um, and then as time has gone on, we realize that emergency needs are necessary. They have to be met. But like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right. we ha they have to be full. They can't be hungry. They can't be cold. So we'll meet those emergency needs. And then we invite them into healing relationships through our classes, through our mentorship program, through our housing program, through our um, transitional youth life skills classes. So we have a variety of options so that we aren't just meeting emergency needs. We're right. part of the healing process. Right. And you're going kind of the distance in that yeah. sense. You're, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a, always a debate in the whole relief world of, yes. you know, or, well, you're doing relief, but are they getting, you know, the gospel or are they getting relationship? Yes, yes. Which it sounds to me like you guys have thought that through. Yeah, so our North Star is breaking the generational cycle yes. of abuse, neglect, and poverty. And we do that through providing the, the resources, free resources, and through restorative relationships. So it's so neat to get to see the full story. Someone comes 360, starts in our program, and comes all the way through. And what does that breaking the cycle look like? It looks like sometimes they, um, depending on the situation, sometimes they're volunteering with us and helping other people who have been in their position. And they're oh. encouraging them and giving them that hope that they need to press press on, press forward. Um, sometimes it looks like um, someone's not homeless any, anymore. A uh, youth is in college. A youth just left for the, the Air Force. So he has a career ahead of them. Sometimes it looks like um, a family that was broken apart is now strengthened in a whole. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like addiction has been um, healed. So we break those cycles. That also means that like, I feel like my husband and I and our family are like the tip of the spear in terms of warfare right. because the enemy does not want those cycles broken. He, right. has, he wants to claim those people for his own right. and continue that dysfunction through all the generations. Um, but we know that through the blood of Jesus, we can break that and we can help them and we can give them a hope and a future. So wonderful. And so, yeah, I mean, you guys, he's a pastor. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys probably take a lot of incoming from, if you will, like attacks. Yeah. Yes, we do. Definitely. Yeah. It's so, very hard. So that and then the typical, one of the things that's very typical in the social work, whatever mm -hmm. thing is people they're they burn out yes because their cups are yes low yes if you will how do you and your husband work together or mm -hmm. how do you um, operate together taking incoming and also not getting depleted mm -hmm. in a way that's you guys are good yes so you have overflow yes the cup can't overflow if it's not full yes know? so how, how, how does that what does that look like for you guys we are still working on that no, honestly so are we. <laughs> so, yeah. we're still working on that you know what we try our very best to my husband and i to like tag team when we can um like if i'm man down and i need to rest he's yeah. on duty and we do vice versa um we are learning it's 
it's really weird. It's so much easier sometimes to like help people than to receive right. help. Totally. I don't know why totally. that is, totally. but we're learning to receive help. Like sometimes our church will, they'll have a little meal train going and they'll bring us, you know, food as an encouragement so we don't have to worry about dinner. Um, and taking time, my husband and I try to take a week a year where it's just the two of us, we go somewhere um, and just try to like reset, refocus, and that helps a lot. But it is, it's really hard. It's so hard. And pastors especially, I mean, they don't even get the Sabbath. Yeah, like, I know, what, we were what, just what, talking what, about that on the way it's here. It's just like not right, <laughs> something's wrong. I guess you move it to another day. <laughs> yeah, and my dad's sitting back here, by the way, who was a pastor for 45 oh, years awesome. or something. Presbyterian he pastor, he's, he's got <laughs> treasures in heaven that we don't even know about. So yeah, I would say keep going. I admire deeply pastors and then to see what you're doing. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing together. Mm. How can people help? So if somebody's watching this and they say, I want to get involved, what's the quickest point of entry for somebody to get involved with you, like as a donor or as a friend or a volunteer or whatever? There are many ways to get involved for any age, any ability. So I think the easiest way is to go to our website, and that's jamesstorehouse.org. Okay. And there you can see programs, volunteer opportunities, donor, donor opportunities, programs that we're developing um, for any stage of life, any age. We have a place for you to help. Love it. Um, we have, right now, we are really excited. We have um, a new suite that we're opening up and we're building a teaching kitchen because we have youth and families that don't have that life skill. Mm. So we're building out a teaching kitchen. So we have visions of having the youth and families come in and we're like teaching them um, how, how to be a microwave gourmet. Like, because that's what they have access to is a microwave. I love that. Or um, a convection um, hot plate or an air fryer. What do our youth and families have access to? And how can we help them have nutritious food and make meals? Um, so we're building out a teaching kitchen. So if anybody loves to cook or be part of that, they yeah. can join that. We also are building out a rec room so that the youth and families have a place to go. A lot of the transitional youth, they obviously they don't have family and they love to hang out with us at James Storehouse, but we also have work to get done. So this will be an appropriate place for them yeah. to hang out. Like a community center. Like a community center, yeah. yes. And then also we're building out um, a playroom that is specifically for court-ordered visitations. So when families are working towards reunification, oftentimes their only option is a county office, like a cubicle, and there aren't any toys. There it's, isn't a loving environment. Oftentimes the parent who had the child removed wasn't parented well themselves, so they don't know how to read to their children, interact with their children, snuggle their children, rock their children, so they don't know how to do it. So we ha we're building out this trauma-informed, sensory-integrated playroom where they can book time to be in the playroom with guidance um, so that they can work on their, their weekly visitations that are court-ordered. We're also working with Pepperdine University, their Boone Center for the Family, and we're creating a program um, where their um, MFT, like therapy counselor, yeah. 
um, grad students can do their hours supervised at James Storehouse because it's this particular population of people that, that often don't have access to mental health help. And so um, what could we do to continue to break cycles? We, there's the barrier of no mental health help, so we can have the students that are supervised come in and help those families, strengthen those families, and learn to be so good parents. Counseling. Yes. Yeah, so that's one way they can get involved in our, in our new programs. Um, we have volunteer opportunities Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, all kinds. They can help the kids shop. They can help the parents shop, sort donations. We're just like a family. We so have great. like donuts and chocolate and sparkly water, and we just get it done. I so we'd love, love to have anybody come so over. So nutrition is a component, the cooking classes, a community center, mm -hmm. which, by the way, I've read, you know, where kids spend after school till dark is a leading indicator of juvenile mm. delinquency, ah, like that window. Yes. And we don't think about that sometimes. So community center, I think, is such a great concept just because it gives them a place to go that's yes. safe and healthy. Yes. And, and, it, and counseling, that's amazing. You can actually have an on-site Pepperdine student who's yes. there to do some. Yes, to work one-on-one -on -one or in so group good. settings. So we're really excited about it. And um, the the Boone Center for the Family also has an understanding that healing, deep, deep healing, has um, a spiritual context as well. Yeah. Um, so really, really deep healing can happen. Um, so we're so excited to have those students that understand um, both the spiritual and the psychological. Yeah, components. Uh -huh. Counseling is... You know, back in the day, we used to like worry about people that were in counseling. <laughs> Today, I worry about people who aren't in counseling. Yes, oh, like, that's so true. Kind of, it's kind of changed yeah. a little bit. I'm like, if you're not in counseling, like, are you sure? You I be? know, right? Like, I'm pretty sure you should be. It used to be something you'd be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, like, now it's like my no. therapist told me. Yes, <laughs> no, no, no yes. holds barred. But that's a, it's a, so it's really a holistic. I mean, you're thinking yes. holistically about yes. practical needs, some of these life-giving skills and yes. stuff I mean so I love that because that's such a wonderful God way it seems like to me yeah. the holistic thing like because sometimes it feels like a false dilemma like we have to choose well are we going to meet needs or are we going to do but I like the idea of what if we just kind of do what the Holy Spirit leads us to do yes and just take it one step at a time yes you know and it's such a neat thing ah that's I so love great it. we so, have a we have a dream this is our dream okay, what's the dream our dream is to someday have access to a day ranch. So that would be where the kids could play outside, climb trees. There's something so healing about being with animals. So especially if there are animals that have been rescued um, and they have a similar story to the children who have gone through hard times. There's something so healing about um, the, the children being able to take care of the animals and learning about them being outside, planting a garden. So um, we see a vision where families that are reunifying can yeah. have that bonding time, or families that are foster families, they need bonding time with their foster children or youth coming. So that is, that's in and the future. And then the weekends could have retreats. Yes. The restored families could come for retreats. Totally. That's what, yeah, we, I'm in. That's what we see. Okay, Lord. Let it be. Yes. So whatever that, I love, I've wanted a ranch for a long time. Oh. Uh, so we're going to pray that in the door. Yes. That's got to happen. Yes. Like yes. I'm all, I just bought a cowboy hat. Okay. So You're coming out. I'm in. <laughs> right? I have a cowboy hat. It's official. So I can come. <laughs> I, I love that idea. Mm. And I love dreaming. And I love that you're willing to say it out loud. 
because now everybody knows. So we're going to go for it. Yeah, so let's do this Let's thing. do this. I like that. Okay, we were out of time a few minutes ago. Um, I could talk to you all day. I love what it's you're so doing. It's so fun, So yeah. great. Didn't even really get into your own adoptive adoption story. Oh, yeah. So maybe we may have to do this again sure. someday because that's a whole topic that's really close to our oh, heart as well. Yeah. But love what you're doing. Jamesstorehouse.org. So jamesstorehouse.org is where you can find them. Um, and then can people come and see it, like take yes. a tour? So yes. All that through the, through the website. Yes. So go to the website. You can, if you want to volunteer, if you want to give, if you want to see it. Um, and Stacy would love to meet you, I'm sure. Uh, the ranch is coming. Why James, by the way? Oh, it's from my very favorite Bible verse. People come all the time and say, what can I talk to James? There is no James. It's from James 127. <laughs> Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after widows and orphans in their distress and to keep yourself from being polluted by the world. So orphans and widows are our foster children, our modern day orphans, yeah. our vulnerable populations. So then our storehouse is our warehouse. So we have a warehouse for vulnerable populations and that hopefully brings a lot of joy to the Lord's heart. Oh my gosh, it brings joy to my heart. Um, wonderful, James, what, what is that, James what? James 127. 127, that's a good one. That's, that's a, good a good reason for the name. <laughs> well, this has been fun, thank you so much. Yeah, thank it's you. great to meet you, you and too. Kurt and uh, we just bless you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.